Welcome, everyone, to MICTA Radio. I'm your host, John Tanner, and I'm pleased to have with me today by phone Gary Green, MICTA consultant. Now, Gary has worked with MICTA members for a long time, navigating us through these huge national discount funding programs, and today we're going to talk about E-Rate. And, uh, well, Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Uh, let's, uh, let me ask you this to start it off. What is the FCC's rule on consortium members' use of contracts without having to bid? Well, that's a great question, uh, John. And uh, frankly, uh, when it comes to MICTA, which is a very unique organization, uh, because MICTA is comprised of thousands of K-12s and uh, libraries, which are the entities uh, which can receive funding under the E-rate program. Um, and so MICTA is very unique in that uh, we uh, have membership that uh, spans, uh, there's, there's not a state government that would have K-12 membership even close to MICTAs. And so um, just to clarify things, because we're so unique, uh, MICTA met with the FCC, and basically what the FCC said was, and uh, this was passed on to USAC, um, is the rule is if you're a member of a consortium at the time that a 470 is filed, and now the 470 is the bid process, is the first document in, in the order of the uh, filings. Uh, so uh, if you're a member at the time that the consortium files its 470, uh, any uh, of the contracts, ensuing contracts awarded, uh, through that 470 process can be used by those members without having to bid uh, themselves. So uh, basically uh, what needed to be done at this point uh, and something that was agreed to by the FCC and, uh, and the agency that actually oversees the E-rate program, USAC, was we agreed to, and we being MICTA, provide those two agencies with lists of who were members at the time we filed our 470s. And uh, frankly, MICTA has right now four active 470s that we filed. Um, so um, at any rate, um, that's what the, uh, the consortium piece is all about. The consortium rule, if you will, uh, is to allow a member at the time that the 470 was filed by the consortium a member, uh, an entity, in this case a K-12 or a school, uh, that was a member at the time to be able to use the contracts, contract or contracts without having to bid. So that raises this next question. How will MICTA K-12 library members know who's eligible to use MICTA contracts for E-rate funding without having to bid? Well, that's a very, another very good question. Uh, so um, what we did, we being MICTA, uh, is um, we have now posted to the MICTA website, MICTA homepage, if you will, uh, those very lists that were sent off to the FCC and USAC. And uh, you can go to the MICTA homepage, and on the left-hand side, uh, there is a link there called the National E-Rate. That's on the left side, uh, kind of halfway down the page. You click on that, and then you go to another page, uh, which you would go down halfway to a resources area, and there is a link there called Eligible Members and Vendors Link. Um, you click on that, 
and then that would actually take you to the page where the lists exist. And uh, it, it, there are three different there, TISA, FBOS, so there's a telecom internet, there's a uh, fiber, and then there's a distributed antenna system. Um, we mixed it to that uh, at the request of our, our thousands of K-12 members to help them along, and um, uh, we'll get into uh, why MICTA went into the fiber and the distributive antenna systems thing uh, along the way here. But uh, um, they can click on one of those. The most common for them would be, of course, the TISA, which is the Telecom Internet. And uh, there they can pull up a list. A list will come up, and it's done by uh, state and then alphabetical order within the state. And... Um, they, if their name appears on that list, um, it, they can go ahead and take advantage of any of those eligible contracts that appear on that same page uh, and use them uh, for filing for funding under the E-rate program. And uh, if you're a, a K-12 or library uh, and you were a member at that time, you appear on the list, but you currently are not a member, all you have to do is reinitiate your membership and that's easily done by by uh, contacting the MICTA office at uh, at uh, 989-753-2424, and they will help you uh, through the process of uh, redoing that uh, membership form. Good. That's that's good information, Gary. Now, can K-12s participate with a healthcare consortium to receive funding for, uh, let's say, broadband network construction? Uh, yes, uh, and now I'm going to refer right back to the, um, the uh, in this case, the Brazos Valley Council of Governments uh, in Texas uh, that uh, has been awarded um, funding under a, I'll call it a sister program now, because basically what the FCC would like to do is see the, the E-rate program and the uh, Healthcare Connect Fund program um, uh, used closer in proximity. So, when uh, when the uh, council of Brazos Council of Governments Brazos Valley Council of Governments filed for funding under this uh, Healthcare Connect Fund program, they also uh, included uh, nursing stations at K-12s and uh, first responders stations. Uh, so uh, the answer is yes, K-12s can participate in a cons healthcare consortium uh, in in regards to. Um, nurses stations that could be funded through a network construction process. Just a reminder, we're talking to Gary Green, MICTA consultant, uh, who's joining us by phone today, and we're talking about the newer changes in the E-rate program. Gary, the FCC has directed USAC to fully fund all Category 1 and Category 2 eligible requests for 20. 2016. Now that sounds to me like a good idea. Why why did they do that? Well, actually, um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one is uh, for um, several years uh, the funding for the program uh, had reached its cap, and it's done annually. Um, and this was a 2.9 billion dollar annual funding process, but the uh, but the request for funding. Uh, greatly exceeded the uh, the amount of money available. 
Um, so in in doing uh, in in addressing that pro- problem, the FCC actually added um, in an order that they, they created in 2014 uh, to um, revise the E-rate program. They added a billion dollars um, uh, for in what they ref- what is commonly referred to in the program as internal connections, and that uh, was really directed at fixed wireless or uh, internet access, uh, fixed internet access, uh, and the equipment and uh, and the installation and the management thereof. So that was an additional billion dollars that went into the program. Um, they also, starting in 2014, uh, began to defund uh, voice services, and so that has resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars uh, more uh, being retained in the program uh, for other uh, resources, for other uses, and uh, that's the reason why they had the money uh, to uh, fund, once again, all of the requests uh, for category one and category two, which are um, services for um, uh, access and for internal connections. Category one would be your your uh, circuits, so on and so forth, and category two um, would be your internal connections piece, your hubs, routers, servers, those kinds of things. Um, so that's the reason uh, why they were able to do that. Um, going forward, uh, because of this continued defunding at 20% compounded per year starting in 2014, it is believed that they will be able to continue to do that uh, for the next uh, few years. Well, that sounds exciting to me. I think there are a lot of people who are going to be happy to hear that. Uh, are are fiber, services, fiber services fundable through the E-rate program? Uh, yes, they are, John, and actually they've been expanded. Um, initially, uh, it had to do with uh, um, just uh, what they refer- was commonly referred to as lit or dark fiber services, and that's a leased type of scenario. Um, with the change uh, that was instituted by the FCC uh, in 2014, uh, MICTA and other um, consortiums uh, filed with the FCC to encourage them to then, once they provided this internal connections money, it didn't really make sense for uh, for um, rural schools who had no broadband connectivity available, available to them to expand um, the fiber services to include self-provisioned or self-constructed networks. So, um, they actually have, a school or library now has the capacity or the capability to actually fund a, uh, uh, a network construction piece for broadband uh, access, and uh, they would pay their share of the discount portion, and um, the E-rate program would pay the, actually would wind up being the bulk for the most part of, uh, of the cost, and once that's done, the network would be owned by the, the school district or the school authority or, or whomever uh, the consortium uh, makeup would be. I'd like to talk about self-constructed networks, and I need, I need you to help me understand what a self-constructed network is, but are, are there current issues regarding the funding process for self-constructed networks? 
there are, and of course, this is as the old saying goes: there's growing pains. Every time you uh, you expand a program, uh, there can be some things uh, that uh, uh, need to be addressed along the way. Uh, in this case, you heard me talk about the uh, the fact that the uh, in 2014. Uh, in December, with a new order, with another order, the FCC added uh, self-constructed networks to the E-rate program. Um, but there's some structure in terms of um, funding that that uh, were instituted uh, at the beginning uh, of the program back in 1999, and unfortunately, it doesn't really fit when it comes to a self-constructed network. Now, if you're going to lease uh, lit fiber or dark fiber, well, that's already in the ground. That's already been, if you will, uh, constructed and, and is available. But if you're going to actually do a build, uh, you're going to you're going to self-construct your own network. Uh, the timing of that can take uh, quite a bit. Of, you know, there can be quite a bit of time involved in doing that. Uh, so right now, as it stands, uh, via the program rules. Uh, a school district or consortium, what have you, uh, actually only has 18 months um, from the time they're awarded um, or prior to the time they're awarded. They, they're given six months prior to the time that they're awarded uh, funding and then the year of funding that they were funded in, which only equates to uh, 18 months. And in many, many instances, um, that, of course, in and of itself, is not enough time. So uh, the FCC is in the process of address, addressing this issue um, relative to the fact that uh, uh, in many cases, depending on the size of the network being constructed, it could take uh, up to three years uh, for the process. So that's what's, uh, what's being uh, addressed right now by the FCC relative to the E-rate program. Well, Gary, once again, thank you for spending time with us today and going over uh, this very complicated program with rules and deadlines and forms. Uh, and, and we're happy to have you on our show to help us sort through all of this stuff. Now, if someone wants to uh, talk to you or get some advice uh, about the program or issues surrounding it, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can email me at Gary, G-A-R-Y dot green, G-R-E-E-N, at mictatech, M-I-C-T-A-T-E-C-H dot O-R-G, or they can actually call me at 231-881-6612, and of course all of that information is on the MICTA website at www.m-i-c-t-a-t-e-c-h dot O-R-G. And thanks again, Gary. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in today. Now, we hope you find this information helpful as you continue to keep updating yourself on current technology trends and issues. And be sure to come back again for more MICTA Radio episodes. Bye for now. This program has been presented by MICTA. MICTA, technology solutions for members nationwide.